This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. As healthcare reform focuses on the central role for primary care in the delivery and coordination of healthcare services, it is timely to consider how mental health services could better be integrated into primary care. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. And I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Matt Freitas, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, and vice president of Aspen Medical Group, Modesto, California, one of the largest NPPA managed and owned clinics in California. And today we're discussing the integration of mental health into primary care. Hi, Matt. Welcome to Partners in Practice. Hi, Lisa. Matt, when and why did mental health services shift to primary care? Well, I would generally say that mental health services should always have been in primary care. Since 1970, psychiatry has grown by 86.7%. It's the fourth largest specialty in the United States. But they have all tend to accumulate in a larger parts of the country, the communities that offer more social opportunities, more cultural opportunities, and things like that, leading to great discrepancies throughout the country. Child psychiatry has raised 194%. Even with that, mental health will be handled at the primary care level. Well, it seems to make sense. When you're in the office with them, you have a relationship, they feel comfortable, and they may be there for a cough, but before they leave, that's when they open up about some of the mental health issues or services that they may need. But in a primary care setting, it's very difficult to meet those needs, and it's not really set up to meet those needs in the current primary care environment. So we refer everybody out. Let me hold you back there. I think it is. Tell us how to do that better. Well, when we were talking originally, I was talking to you about the role of primary care in the medical management of mental health issues. If you ascribe to the premises that mental health is about a problem with the neurochemical receptors in the brain. This falls under the auspices of healthcare providers. And there are not enough psychiatrists, or even with a large number, that are going to be able to handle a large number of patients with these problems. So by recognizing the problems and by having a plan on how you're going to deal with your patient, it's very simple to handle these problems at the primary care level. So I think it's more the system set up. I know I work in primary care, and we see many patients, and we do these services. It's just part of our job. But we don't really get reimbursed for doing these services. Why is that? Well, I think we can get reimbursed. And if you would like, I will be able to give a list of codes that you can use to get reimbursed. And we have really no problem getting reimbursed. Certainly, we don't get reimbursed to the level that a psychiatrist is going to be reimbursed. Well, the questions people ask me are, are we allowed to bill psychiatric codes if we work in primary care? Yes and no. Yes, you can use codes. Uh, You can use codes for depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, and those type of things. But in some cases, an example of the biggest case is in Medicare. You will actually have your reimbursement decreased if you use these codes. So you have to know when and how to use the codes in a way that you won't be penalized for taking care of Medicare patients. So in your office, you figured out a way to see a lot of mental health patients, and you do this in 10 minutes, which is amazing. So could you break down how you integrated this in and how you're making it work at Aspen? I'd like to give you a little idea of how significant this is for us. 
every single mental health agency. This includes the county uh, mental health department, the behavioral health department, which most community have, most police departments and everything. Most physicians refer their patients to us. So we become the mental health catchment agency for our community, and we're a relatively small practice. And I use nine or ten questions in a manner that I've set up so that we can go directly from one question to another and get to the point where we can find out what the specific problem is and use some medications that are necessary to treat that problem. Do you ask the questions or does your nurse ask the questions? The nurse asks the initial question of why the patient is in. That gives us a little bit of information. And then based on that, basically I can do a psych visit in a minute. If the patient comes in and says they're depressed, the first question I'm going to ask them as an example is, have you ever been treated for depression? And if the answer is yes, which they usually have, what were you treated with? Did it work? And if it worked, then we write a script and they're gone. And we have follow-up. So that's how easy doing mental health can be. Are your questions similar to the PHQ-9 screening form? Yeah, I want to mention the PHQ very much. The idea of the PHQ is to really identify depression primarily. You're not going to be reimbursed for the PHQ, and it's going to take too much time. I actually feel that you should get away from those forms in primary care because they're going to take too much of your time, and you're not going to be reimbursed at the levels that you're going to be reimbursed, you know, if you're a psychiatrist. So you're not going to be doing much more in primary care than handling the neurochemical imbalance that the patient has. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Matt Freitas, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, and vice president of Aspen Medical Group, Modesto, California, one of the largest NPPA managed and owned clinics in California. And we're discussing the integration of mental health into primary care. So if you work in a practice, Matt, where the providers aren't comfortable doing mental health services and they'd like to bring someone in, why not just employ a psychologist or a licensed clinical social worker in the office to care for these patients? Well, Lisa, we have done that before and failed in hiring a psychologist. The reimbursement for psychologists is decreasing and has been decreasing for years. If you put them into a medical practice, in other words, if you intend to provide counseling services, you're going to have a real tough time paying them and billing for them. And as far as social workers and things like that, we're using graduate MSW students from our university, and they come in and do six months with them. We train them about neurochemical issues and how to treat them, and they do counseling with our patients. What about billing incident two? Could a psychologist under the direction of a physician bill E&M codes for psychiatric care as incident two? You know, no, not to my knowledge. I could be proven wrong on that, but we weren't able to do that. And what about the primary care? When you say that you're being reimbursed for the care, are you being reimbursed using E&M management codes, but then psychiatric ICD-9 codes? Yes. Well, let's take the normal EM code of 99. 202. Okay. Using a code of, as an example, let's say you have an anxious patient. 308.0, right. right, is going to get you reimbursement from most carriers. Medicare, you will have to use a description of 
their problem. So an anxious person might have, as commonly known, a sleep disturbance. So if you use a sleep disturbance as your primary ICD-9 code and then use anxiety as your second code, and it must be in that order, not anxiety first and sleep disorder second, you will get full reimbursement. Right. So you're treating their medical issues and secondary their mental health issues. Which, you know, actually is should be reversed, but that's not how it goes with Medicare. Well, one of the things that we found is in billing psychiatric codes or even sending patients out for care is that cost becomes a barrier. And they have higher co-pays, sometimes separate deductibles, co-insurance, and they can't afford to get the mental health services unless we figure out a way to provide them. And then someone told me about the parity law. What do you know about that? The parity law, you know, really came about many years ago, 2002. The parity law was set up for large businesses, all right, over 50 employees. But it really had a major impact primarily on the states. And they were given the flexibility to make any changes they wished. If you see the changes in the NCSL at the NCLS website, you'll see that every state has some little difference in it. Some have pretty much wiped it out completely. So parity laws are more on paper than realistic. There, and most likely the future holds that there's going to be less parity in the area of mental health. So that being said, we really need to focus on being creative to get the care to the patients that they need. You know, creative is a great word. I'd like to make it more specific. If you see your job, in medicine as treating the underlying medical issues of depression and anxiety and recognize that various social agencies in the community, et cetera, will always be available to handle, you might say, let's call it the talking medicine part of it. Right. You can see it's not hard to overcome. You don't have to be a genius or come up with great ideas. There are many organizations in every community who are willing to help people with mental health problems. And if you treat the medical issues around their problem, they're going to be much more likely to succeed in the, what I call talk medicine part of it. Well, let's go through some of the roadblocks in primary care's way. One of them is charting and mental health and HIPAA. There's a lot of confusion about what can be in the medical chart and what psychotherapy notes are considered that have to be kept out of the medical chart. Can you fill us in on that? Psychotherapy notes are not notes I would recommend primary care providers put in their charts and shouldn't be put in their charts because a primary care person is not going to be able to do much psychotherapy. Psychotherapy should be done by people that first have the time to do it, but secondly, their notes, it should be held in a different chart. So for your typical mental health visit, HIPAA allows you to put that into their medical chart without a problem. HIPAA doesn't have a problem with you saying a patient is depressed, but if you start listing that the patient told you that their mother hates them and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you have extensive notes about your discussion, this, under the HIPAA regulations, really falls into the area that they should be listed in a separate place. And then psychiatric meds. There are a lot of primary care providers that haven't really used them much, and now they're coming back in through the practice. What do you recommend for them to get more of a comfort level? This is one of the goals I had in today's program. 
this fear of psychiatric drugs, I don't think is really based on reality. Psychiatric drugs are extremely safe drugs. Like all medicines that we use, if you use the old addendum go low and slow, you're going to be safe. So let's go over the list of psychiatric drugs. First, the antidepressants. The antidepressants, which are the most commonly used in primary care, should be started low and slow. And you should have a follow-up in about three to four weeks with the antidepressants. The side effects of those drugs, which are primarily sleepiness, sometimes nausea or flu-like kind of syndrome, if you use lower doses, you're not going to get as much of that. And if you tell your patients that this is going to happen, not to worry, that it'll go away after a few days, this shouldn't be a problem. But if it's a real problem, you have them come back and see you. The atypical antipsychotics, which are used at various doses for various problems and becoming more and more popular, are extremely safe drugs. So if you have a person who's not sleeping well and feels they're anxious, using a typical at a low dose might solve that problem and you have them come back in a shorter period because they're quicker acting, two weeks is an example, and review how they're doing and bump the drug dependent on the result. Again, the side effect of them sometimes is being too sleepy and sometimes there's a weight gain issue for some of them, which is an issue and you've been hearing a lot about diabetes, da-da-da, but the truth is not at the lower doses and not quickly. So obviously you can make changes. There are many types of atypicals that don't cause weight gain and don't cause too much sleepiness. So you have a, a lot to use and they're not difficult to find out about. There's only six or seven out there that are being used currently and it's very simple to find out about them. The third group is the drugs that are commonly used for epilepsy that most medical providers are aware of. And those are used for what we call mood disorders, or often you're hearing this common thing called bipolar disease. And they are the first-line drugs for bipolar. Well, most of us know about Depakote. Those drugs are very effective in that, and you shouldn't have any problem using them at normal doses, and most medical providers already have. And then the final drugs, things like benzodiazepines, clozapine, Haldol, and things like that, really you need to buff up on. I do a lot of them, but that's because I've been doing it for years. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank my guest, Matt Freitas, for helping us find a way to bring the needed mental health services back into primary care. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.